Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley! Well, I hope everyone is pumped because it is officially Fed Decision Day. That's right, the Fed making their latest decision on what is going to happen with the federal funds rates. So all eyes on the Fed at 2 o'clock. And then, of course, what's happening at 2.30, the press conference. So welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And yeah, it's Fed Day. So all eyes are on the Fed. And we we basically know what they're going to do. We know what they're going to do. 25 basis points. Um, however, I will say I have a poll on Instagram. And I got some hawks on there, baby. I got some people are saying 50 bips. That's their project. It's probably not going to happen. But... And that's actually an interesting kind of topic because a lot of people are writing. Uh, there's a great piece over at Bloomberg about kind of the rising dissent among the ranks over at the Fed, and nothing's really happened. But could we see more people starting to argue um, that maybe we should hold off on a little bit. The, 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 the hikes have not fully been felt by the economy. And if we keep going, we are going to break something. Uh, and they kind of break it down. They said there's like three main groups. You know, you got the super hawks. You got kind of the, the kind of hawkish, which is where Pal is. And then you have the doves. Uh, and it's sort of broken down into those three different groups. And they've all sort of been unified. But you got to wonder if we're going to start to see maybe more dissent from some of the doves. Uh, but we are expecting 25 basis points today. And the big question is, what is Powell going to say about guidance? What does he see happening? Will there be another rate hike? Are they going to telegraph that? Could we see another pause? Not at this meeting, but the next meeting. Uh, and so that's the big kind of unknown is what is Powell going to say about future meetings and what the Fed wants to do going forward. But 25 basis points is, it's baked in. (laughs) So we don't have to worry about, you know, any big jump in rates here this morning. And in fact, I will say bonds, not a bad start to the day. Uh, this morning, they were down about two to three basis points. Now they're down almost five basis points with a 10-year yield at 3.86. I will take it. Moving in the right direction. Uh, now, it's not all about the Fed today. We are also going to get um, new home sales data. That is out at 10 a.m., so just under an hour, we're going to get new home sales data. That's expected to fall 4.7%. So we will see if the decline that we saw in existing home sales last week translates into new home sales. Or could new home sales 
fill in for what is missing in existing home sales. Because one of the reasons why existing home sales is continuing to fall is really not so much demand. Sure, demand is down, but it's inventory. And so could that mean we see a little bit, because existing home sales fell more than expected, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a better than expected new home sales report. So we will talk about that on tomorrow's show after we get to what happens. And then don't forget, Thursday is a crazy day. We got a decision from the European Central Bank early in the morning, not super early, 8.15. Then we got GDP, first look at the second quarter, and then jobless claims, pending home sales, and mortgage rates. And then the Bank of Japan, at the end of the day on Thursday, is going to be making a decision. Then, of course, inflation data, PCE, on Friday. So we got busy week ahead still. I mean, we're not even halfway through, in my opinion. Not even, it's Wednesday, but we got the big decision today from the Fed and then all this other data that will be happening tomorrow. So real quick, I did just want to kind of go over in detail, well, not super detail, but just make sure I didn't miss anything from yesterday. Because we talked about Case Schiller yesterday, but that report comes out, I mean, like five minutes before I do this podcast. And so I tried to do the best that I could, but I might've missed something. I might've misstated something. So yesterday, the Case Schiller, um, the CoreLogic Case Schiller U.S. National Home Price NSA Index, I love saying the full title, uh, that came out the gold standard with regards to home prices looking at the month of May. And they had home prices rising month over month 0.7%, which was, which ties, I think the second biggest jump this year and was up from April's April's 0.5% increase and was actually the fourth straight increase. So after all those declines, four straight increases. Home prices, however, were down year over year, falling to 0.5%, so down 0.5% when compared to the same time last year. That is down from what we saw in April when it was 0.1% which was the first time we had a negative year-over-year reading since December, or since 2012. I think it was the middle of 2012. And so still in negative territory, but considering where we started this year, if you would have said that in the middle of it, home prices would only be down 0.5% in May, I think a lot of people would have taken that. Uh, and actually, this report was better than expected. So economists look at the 20-city index when making their projection and they saw or they were projecting a 1.2% increase month over month while home prices would fall 2.2% year over year. The actual data showed only a 1.7% dip year over year, even though the month over month data was actually less at 1%. So they kind of missed it both ways. But more importantly, the year over year data is what matters. And then I mentioned this yesterday that after a nine-month run, Miami fell out of the top spot. In fact, they weren't even the top three with regards to home price appreciation of the major metro areas. And in fact, the real takeaway from this report was that big cities are back. So Chicago took the number one spot, 4.6% year over year, followed by Cleveland, which I don't know about it's a huge city, uh, up 3.9%, but New York... That's a big city. (laughs) Was number three at 3.5%. So kind of interesting that you didn't see any southeastern cities in that ranking. They all fell out of the top three. I don't see Atlanta, Charlotte, 
anywhere in Florida. <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting development. Uh, on the flip side, Seattle, of course, still holds the top spot for being the biggest loser with home price appreciation falling 11.3% year over year. San Francisco not far behind at 11% and Las Vegas, third place, down 7.8%. Craig Lazara, managing director at the S&P DJI, said that despite the dip in home prices, the outlook remains positive saying home prices in the U.S. begin to fall after June 2022, and May's data bolsters that case that the final month of the decline was January of this year. Granted, the last four months, price gains could be truncated by increases in mortgage rates or by general economic weakness, but the breadth and strength of May's report are consistent with an optimistic view of future months. And adding... To that optimism yesterday, we got consumer confidence and it was supposed to be up. We thought we were going to see a jump, I think, to maybe a, a 12 month high, something along those lines. In fact, it was even better than that. <laughs> I'll tell you, this economy is so bizarre because you got some people who are arguing this is the worst thing they've ever seen, mostly because of inflation and how that makes people feel with their purchasing power declining, but consumer confidence, according to the conference board's consumer confidence index, jumped to a two-year high in July, right now, two-year high. The conference board consumer confidence index rose to 117, that is up 6.9 points, nice, from May, the highest level since July 2021. Consumer confidence, of course, is up from the same time last year, 21.7 points from the same time last year. And economists were only expecting an increase to 111.8. So talk about beating the streets. I would say there's no doubt about that. And not surprisingly, with a jump that big, it was across the board. The two major components that make up the index itself, both jumped in July. The present situation index jumping to 160 and the expectations index rising to 88.3. Now, it should be noted, and they noted this in the report, that expectations climbing to 80, well above 80, at 88, uh, historically signals a recession within the next year. But then again, that argument's been made about bond yields, right? The bond, the um, inversion of the um, yield curve. And how long has the yield curve been inverted? Like a year? I feel like it's been like a year. And no recession. So that's the problem with, that, that's the problem with this bizarre economy that we're in with, you know, COVID and everything else that's been happening. A lot of the historical metrics seem to maybe not apply anymore. That's why, what is it? Six months ago, I think I finally saw someone argue that the, oh, I'm totally blanking on, oh, what's it called? The, um, not Patterson. It's the, <laughs> oh man, what is it where the, uh, oh my gosh. This is probably why I didn't do well in economics. <laughs> what was the uh, index called? 
that looked at unemployment and inflation. I'm, it's like, it's not Patterson. It's, it's, I'm totally blanking on what it is. This is going to drive me crazy. Um, I'm not going to Google it because it doesn't matter. But people were arguing if it, if, if it, it apparently doesn't matter to me because I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> but people were wondering if it, you know, it's sort of been the standard by the Fed. And oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. We got, we got to move on. We got to move on. Okay, real quick here. Dana Peterson, chief economist, I bet she knows what I'm talking about, at the conference board said that everyone seems to be enjoying this economy, saying headline confidence appears to have broken out of the sideways trend that prevailed for much of last year. Greater confidence was evident across all age groups and among both consumers earning incomes less than 50000 and those making more than 100000 So I'm guessing maybe people in the middle, maybe they're not enjoying it that much. Maybe that's one of the issues. Um, but it looks like people making less, people making more, they're doing okay. Uh, okay, real quick here before we go, <laughs> mortgage demand. Usually we don't look at this report. It's, you know, just gives you an idea. It's important to us here in the mortgage business. Uh, but total mortgage demand fell 1.8% thanks to rates remaining elevated. This according to the weekly data from the Mortgage Bankers Association. The purchase index fell 3% for the week and was down 23% year over year. Refis were flat for the week, uh, but are still down about 30% from the same week one year ago. And once again, rates remaining elevated unchanged for the week, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association at 6.87%. That is... Not something that consumers want to see. The 15-year did fall by one basis point to 6.37%. And Joel Kahn, the vice president and deputy chief economist at the Mortgage Bankers Association, noted that a big drop in FHA loans was a big reason for the decline in purchases, saying in the release, the 2.5% decline in purchase activity, partly driven by a 10% decrease in FHA applications, pushed the purchase index to its lowest level in over a month. He also noted that the decline in FHA loan purchases um, pushed up the average loan amount, saying the decrease in FHA purchased applications contributed to an increase in the overall average purchase loan size to $432,700. It is the highest level since the end of May. And yeah, I mean, with home prices rising... You are going to see people reach that cap with FHAs in a lot of markets. And with limited inventory out there, prices rising, a lot of people, FHA is not going to be an option. And so with FHA not being an option, they may not be able to buy. And so you have this sort of weird scenario where by people not being able to use FHA with a lower loan amount, uh, they then get priced out of the market, which then pushes the average loan amount up, which, of course, decreases demand and, you know, possibly, I should say, increases um, loan amounts. And then in some cases, home prices. <laughs> so it's like this sort of weird self-perpetuating cycle uh, that we are stuck in, unfortunately. Um, all right. Once again, it is Fed Day. Two o'clock, the announcement. And then the more important part is 
is what is Jerome Powell going to say about the future and what the Fed is going to do? We will see. You know what? I, this is going to drive me crazy if I do not um, address what the Phillips curve. <laughs> the Phillips curve. <laughs> I didn't even type it in. It just came to me. Oh, it's the Phillips curve. The Phillips curve is the argument about the relationship, the inverse relationship between inflation and employment. You know, lower employment, higher inflation, lower inflation, higher employment. <laughs> what did I say earlier? I thought it was Patterson. The, the Patterson Index. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the weight off my shoulders is impressive. All right, we got that taken care of. I feel so much better. <laughs> so proud of myself that I remembered that. All right, we got to, now we can go. Now we can go. You guys enjoy your uh, Wednesday. Pay attention to what happens at two o'clock. And then more importantly, what happens at 2.30. We'll talk about it here tomorrow on another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait. 